This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is contacttalkradio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, hang.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. She rolled my hair with my lipstick on, damn the glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I'm joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Will Lynch. So who is Will Lynch? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about who he is before we turn it over, as I always do, to unscripted dialogue with my guest. Will is the president and CEO of Cybersecurity Risk Solutions, CRS, a startup cybersecurity firm. He's considered a thought leader in identity theft and fraud protection. His company's cutting-edge technology, a first-of-its-kind, proactive, total identity theft and fraud solution, is upsetting the traditional antivirus and identity theft marketplace. There have been correlations made of the company's mission or story to the classic children's storybook fable, David versus Goliath. As the underdog and a proclaimed consumer advocate, Will announced publicly during a recent interview that, quote, as consumers, we are not safe. We are not being told the truth about how to properly protect our identity. The multi-billion dollar behemoth antivirus and identity theft and fraud providers cannot stop a cyber criminal or hacker from stealing your personal, confidential, medical, and financial records. Will's sentiments are shared by others. According to James Comey, former director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, there are those who have been hacked, and those who just don't know they've been hacked. Business overview. So CRS provides best-in-business cybersecurity products, services, and identity theft fraud solutions to consumers, commercial enterprise, and small-medium-sized businesses. Back in 2014, the vision of the company was born. While attending an industry event, Will discovered a void and opportunity in the consumer identity theft and fraud industry. He set out on a journey to either re-engineer an existing solution or create a new proactive identity theft and fraud solution focused on prevention first. What he's discovered was used to develop the backbone of this business. Antivirus software companies and traditional identity theft and fraud providers are passive, reactive-only solutions. They cannot stop cyber criminals from hacking your computer or mobile devices and stealing your personal, confidential, medical, and financial information. 
The company's mission is to provide consumers with the proper education and awareness so they can learn to protect themselves against hackers and cyber criminals from stealing their confidential, personal, financial, and health information. To protect consumers with the only proactive, multi-layered cybersecurity solution focused on prevention by utilizing our patented anti-keylogging keystroke encryption technology integrated with the traditional protection, monitoring, and restoration identity theft and fraud services. To protect small to medium-sized businesses, often the result of limited financial resources and the lack of a dedicated IT team. SBMs have become an easy and preferred target of cyber criminals. It's no longer a matter of if, but when your business will fall victim to a data breach. To protect commercial enterprise companies against a data breach and unauthorized access to their company's servers and network. Much more to talk about. We're going to turn it over to Unscripted Dialogue. I want to welcome you to my show. Thank you so much, Will. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Lisa, and thanks for having me. Well, it's, you know, this is a scary topic, but again, this is living fearlessly, so we step right into it. We do our best to eradicate people uh, feeling immobilized by fear and to talk about the reality of how things are impacting the masses. And clearly, for everything that we continually hear in the news, for our own individual personal experiences, either at the individual consumer level or at the corporate level, we know that this is epidemic. We know that this is systemic. So I want to say kudos to you for having taken this an extra step further in the way that it does it address prevention and being solution focused. So good on you. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate it. So why don't we talk a little bit outside of what I already plugged in in a bit of the background story, you know, some of the inception of your journey. Was this also your your key interest, your passion in this and what this is uh, cultivated in your business world? Has this come on the heels of something you've personally or professionally experienced in your realm of existence? Um, not specifically. So what, what had happened was um, – you know, I've never, fortunately, uh, never had a data breach or an, I, I, my identity has never been stolen myself. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, as you mentioned, it was at an event that I was attending, and the keynote speaker was a cybersecurity expert who is also the co-founder of a, a software development company. And quite frankly, his presentation scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> I bet. Um, I came home and I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm never doing anything online ever again. I'm not doing anything, any banking or any sensitive information. You know, I'm not putting anything out there because there's a likelihood that uh, this uh, virus or also known as a malware, uh, specifically a keylogger malware, was already on most of our devices. It doesn't matter if it's a desktop, doesn't matter if it's a mobile device, um, that a keylogger, what it's actually doing is stealing every single keystroke that you type and so um, out of necessity I became I wanted to, to learn more I became friends with the the gentleman and that's when I find, found out that we are not being told the truth and how to properly protect our identity that the antivirus companies the Nortons the McAfee's the traditional identity theft companies like LifeLock and ID Watchdog they cannot stop a cyber criminal from hacking into your computers or your cell phones and stealing your sensitive information, unbeknownst to you, of course. And so what's the benefit for us not being told the truth? Why why would this be recurring and ongoing? Well, I don't know if there's a benefit, uh, quite frankly, as far as not knowing. I think there's uh, it's a problem. I think that we we have this false sense of security as consumers, and that well, you know, especially in the comfort and privacy of our own home, uh, when we're surfing the web or shopping and banking online, that we don't even know that um, our information could be getting siphoned off because of something that we unknowingly have on our devices, um, and our identities are at risk. Our uh, children's safety is 
at risk uh, mm-hmm. because every text message you type, every email you're typing, every Word document you're, you're, you may be uh, typing, every, your username and login credentials are being stolen. Some of the stats that you shared with me, we uh, for the listeners, what I will share is that Will and I did a behind-the-scenes um, call, and we did a, a, a screen share, and Will was able to demonstrate for me on the screen exactly how effective this, this service is, and I was blown away. I mean, you're quite ingenious for what you've come up with, and I'm actually quite surprised for how ongoing this issue has been and how many people have been impacted that this hasn't come up and come up with or originated uh, as a service or as an idea before and taken to market. So I just want to reinforce to the listeners, obviously you can't be privy to the, the excellent uh, demonstration that I was provided by Will uh, prior to going live here today. But what I will tell you is as somebody when it comes to technical stuff and having uh, been personally and professionally impacted by this myself, uh, I have been a little bit skeptical, but I have to say, after I had that screen share, had that demonstration, and saw what was happening on the screen, I, I was absolutely blown away. So I just want to say once again, Will, you know, kudos on you, and I'm sure for the results of, of, of what you've been able to manifest, I'm sure that you're interfacing with people all over the place. So why don't we talk about who some of your client base is, uh, your speaking engagements that are attached to this, the different types of corporations that are taking you seriously and getting on board. Why don't you share some of that with us? Sure. Thank you. So, um, you know, the first thing I do want to mention is that, you know, although I did go down this journey willing to create a brand new product, uh, what I found was I didn't have to because the technology was already out there. Um, but what no one had done is pieced it together. So um, I took the, the uh, prevention component of the what's called the anti-keylog and keystroke encryption, and I brought it to the existing services that are already available to most consumers uh, being in the traditional identity theft and fraud area, and I really just re-engineered it and, and created what has now become the first of its kind uh, proactive prevention-first solution. So uh, when I first started this project, it was really just in the consumer space, and because of my background with insurance and employee and voluntary benefits, I really thought that it would do very well in that space. But what I came to find out was that, the, you know, obviously commercial enterprise companies, small, medium-sized businesses are very much affected and impacted by uh, a data breach, and so. The uh, types of companies that have really embraced this technology, uh, the technolo- technological term is uh, authentication or specifically multi-factor out-of-band authentication and the anti-keylog and keystroke encryption. Um, financial services organizations, banks, credit unions, things like that, those have embraced the technology already. Uh, healthcare really is very slow to embrace it, unfortunately, with protected health information uh, and the risks of having that information breached is a very serious problem. Um, But I can tell you that majority of just companies in general and small, medium-sized businesses have not embraced it. So the uh, the marketplace uh, is is wide open for uh, embracing this. Um, But you would find defense contractors uh, specifically to be using this technology now. Well, it's surprising that the receptivity across the board isn't immediate and automatic because some of the some of the stats that you cited to me just blew my mind. I mean, you had mentioned that 
you know, every two to three seconds, uh, someone's identity is stolen. You also indicated to me that there is a 98% likelihood that your personal information has already been hacked. We just don't know it yet. And you also indicated that 16 billion stolen from 12.7 million identity fraud victims in 2014 alone. Yes. So, so what are, what are people on the fence about? Like how much more damage and, and mayhem and lawsuits and, you know, headache do people need, particularly when they're the holder of thousands and thousands and thousands of client uh, confidential information? I mean, why why put yourself in a libel, unnecessary libel situation like that? It, it really comes down to awareness, um, and that's why I feel so strongly that as an, you know, I feel like we, I do need to be the the advocate for the employee, the advocate for the consumer, the advocate for the business, because I don't believe that they really know. Uh, that they're really being made aware of the seriousness, the frequency, and the likelihood of already being hacked. They're definitely not being told the truth and how to properly protect their own identity. I mean, quite frankly, uh, one of the statistics that we had talked about the other day was that you know law enforcement authorities are certainly capable and diligent in dealing with cybercrime. The problem is they just can't keep up. According to an intelligence report by Symantec back in November 2015, there's a new strain or there are new strains of viruses, also known as malware, that are introduced on a daily rate of over a million per day. That's over 450 million malware variants per year, and yet the best antivirus software companies on the market have only identified 20 million of them. Wow. That's staggering. So – Yes, I might have Norton or McAfee protecting my computer, but that's if they've actually found a patch for – that's even if they even are aware of a, a malware, a keylogger malware hitting the market, and they, they were able to come up with a patch for it. So the problem is they just cannot keep up. So we have – you know, I've always felt that I was safe because I had antivirus software. I do – I did at one time subscribe to uh, LifeLock, but I always felt that I was protected. The problem is you're not. So I was really adamant about trying to come up with this prevention first mentality, and it, I, it came in way of the keystroke encryption because keyloggers are the cause of 75% of all the data breaches that occur, and it occurs in 98%, meaning a cyber criminal or a hacker, will include a specific type of malware known as a keylogger, which, as we mentioned before, is its sole intent is with malicious intent to start with, is to steal your personal information. And so if we can, if I could remove the biggest variable, at least what cyber criminal, I'm sorry, cyber experts feel Mm -hmm. is the number one threat being a keylogger, then I think I've done a really darn good job in protecting the consumer. Uh, You know, and it's not that antivirus is bad. It's not that uh, the traditional identity theft providers are bad because you need to have this multiple layered uh, strategy approach, and most consumers just know, well, I've got antivirus or I've got ID theft protection, and that's it. No, there's a purpose for it. There's a need for it. But as I said, uh, as you mentioned, actually, Lisa, there's those are reactive, passive-only solutions, and we needed to be proactive in this cause because no one else is watching our back but ourselves. Absolutely. Well, what I think would be important for you and I to reiterate in what we had in our own behind-the-scenes conversation in preparation for this live interview, Will, you know, I raised a couple of questions, and um, it could be very well on the minds of the people who are tuned in listening to us today. 
So, you know, what I asked you is, you know, from both a consumer and a corporate business perspective, you know, what surprises me, because to me it's just common sense, but would it not be mutually advantageous and mutually beneficial for this service of what you provide to be utilized in the same way competitive prices and rates are advertised, you know, paralleling it with cheaper insurance, premiums, discounts, extended warranties, you know, this actually I think should supersede and take precedence over anything else that any other corporation can offer as a so-called bonus or an advantage point? Um, I couldn't agree more. So from a, a, an enterprise or a company standpoint, if I'm the consumer, I would want to know that the company I'm choosing to do business with takes my privacy seriously. So if I'm a company and I'm uh, first off protecting my own corporate assets, then I want to make sure that I let my customers know, or if I'm a, a direct selling organization, that I let my uh, distributors know that we take your privacy seriously. And for that, um, I think that more from a purpose or a cost standpoint, I may do business with that company because I feel comfortable that whatever information I need to provide them is being protected. Um, an insurance carrier may look at this and say, well, um, we want to encourage businesses to, to to add this type of technology to their security protocols. And for that, we may not give them a discount off their premiums, let's say, for a cyber liability policy. But what we would do is maybe charge extra for those companies or those small, medium-sized businesses that don't employ or deploy this type of technology. So you're almost penalized if you don't do it. Well, and the other thing is, too, so if I can simplify this, because I know this can be a very heady subject, and, and not everybody is into the IT world and, and code and a lot of the things, but I think what we're really talking about, because it does impact people on a widespread basis, whether we're aware of it or we're not aware of it, or to the degree it's already happened, it just hasn't caught up with us being mindful of it to the degree that we feel like, oh, something's happened, you know, my information's gone, I've been, it's been tampered, it's been contaminated, etc. But if we look... You know, if we look at uh, the fact that as a society, you know, for all the people who install alarm systems in their house to protect them from burglars and vandals and strangers and people who don't have permission to enter into your home, when you look at the fact that we as a society generally tend to lock our doors, whether it be our car doors, our, our home, our house doors, uh, you know, lock up our garages and our sheds, because we know that there is, unfortunately, people out there who will prey on people and take advantage of the fact that they're maybe trusting or they're maybe naive or they think, oh, well, this can't happen in my community. You know, my neighbors are keeping an eye out on me or whatever. So if we already know that we typically go and err on the side of caution when it comes to protecting our property, our house, our our furniture, our our home, our vehicles. Why would people, for how many people that we know, have devices in their home? I don't even know how much, on average, each household is is utilizing devices or is in possession of devices. But I mean, why why is that thinking not extended to that when it comes to safety and protection? Again, it's because of lack of awareness, which is, you know, the, to me, one of the key reasons why we're talking. Uh, it's my focus. It's my mission to make consumers more aware of the fact that, you know, they could have the best alarm system in place. They could have all their, uh, you know, doing everything else right, but they left the door open, so it's going to allow a cyber criminal or hacker to come in 
mm-hmm. unannounced and be able to steal all of your keystrokes and everything that you're doing. So uh, I think it's just a, for the individual consumer, it's just a matter of time. Excellent. Excellent. So you're starting to see a bit of a shift happening at the conscious level and, and people being receptive to the information that you're sharing, knowing that it is statistically founded and it is true and it is happening on a day-to-day basis? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, your same reaction when you saw uh, when I demonstrated the keystroke encryption software mm-hmm. for you, um, your reaction is the same as everyone else. It doesn't matter if it's the individual consumer or if it's the, it's, it's the IT department of an enterprise company. The, the reaction is still the same. It's a very simple technology. Um, you mentioned how many Internet accessible devices are in the household. At least um, in the U.S., a uh, family of four on average has 7.3 Internet wow. accessible devices, whether it be their iPhone, whether it be a laptop, iPad, desktop, what have you. But each of those devices needs to be have keystroke encryption, anti-keylock and keystroke encryption on them in order for that you, you are protected and safe. Now, mm-hmm. there, are some, there are some companies, let's say um, a bank, who may have a mobile app that they use to have their customers access online accounts. In that case, the bank may want to have their, their app itself encrypted, not necessarily the, the individual customer's entire phone, but when they're accessing and doing their online banking, we have a, a mobile software development kit specifically used that companies can deploy to, through their IT department out through their, their app or any company that has an app. Excellent. Well, the other thing that, uh, you know, we had talked about as a result of you further enlightening me and educating me on, on some of this, um, you know, one of my initial reactions uh, – and I, I still can't get it out of my mind. You know, when we talk about social media, we talk about Facebook. And for many of us who are parents, the one thing that we always struggle with is, you know, how much information is too much information? How much are we putting out there? And so, you know, there's a lot of people, and I'm, I'm kind of now, for myself being publicly out there, I've really scaled back on how many pictures or information that I upload. Uh, let's just use Facebook as the example um, of my children. You know, because there are people out there who will prey on that. They'll try to piece together the common denominators of information pertaining to you, and it puts people at risk. Um, so, you know, this show and everything that I'm premised on, it, it's about self-empowerment. And so if I look at it from a consumer standpoint, whether we're talking preventativeness, uh, proactiveness, whether we're talking about protection, you know, if we kind of compare what I just said at the micro level, expand that to the macro level, you know, as a consumer, would we not be more empowered if we took it upon ourselves to uh, when we're interfacing with people like the hospitals and we have to fill out an, an emergency questionnaire and we have to release information or we're signing on, opening up a new account with a bank uh, or we're, you know, extending our insurance uh you know, to be another uh, or to take on a new insurance company, whatever the case may be, should we not be saying, okay, rather than giving me a discount, rather than giving me an extended warranty, rather than showing me and demonstrating for me how competitive uh, your prices are as compared to many other people doing the same thing as you do out there, why don't we just go forward and say, I want to know exactly how my information is going to be protected. That's the number one thing that I'm most focused on when it comes to my information, my money, my medical records, uh, anything to do with social insurance number, anything. I mean, don't you think things would change uh, and adjust more accordingly and more swiftly if we as the consumer took on that as being the initial question and point of, of contact in our discussions with people? 
I think that's a wonderful suggestion, and I think it's it's what is needed. So the only way that I think commercial companies, hospitals, healthcare, banking, financial institutions are going to invest the money to beef up the required security in order to protect their employees, their customers, their um, uh, uh, patients' records is for the consumer, the individual person, to demand that in order for them to do business with, with me, you better show me that with confidence that you are, in fact, taking extraordinary steps to protect my data. Um, and it's really all about understanding that they they need to make this a, 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 a point of contention for them to do business with any company because of just that. Absolutely. I will, I will say one other thing that um, you you started to talk about uh, children being online and the sensitivity of what it is that they're, they may be posting. Um, you know, the reality here is I think as a, as a parent, uh, we need to be, we should try to be more aware of what our children are, are in fact texting and, and, and putting up online. But think about this for a second. Data breaches and cyber criminals are not just targeting obviously the companies. They are in fact, it could be a, a neighbor uh, someone who, unfortunately, God forbid, could be a sex offender, who very well could uh, get malware on your ki- kids' phones. And so by them texting, um, they might very well be giving away where they're going to be at a specific location at a specific time at some park. And the safety of our children is also at risk by not having keystroke encryption on there as well. Just something you, that struck upon when you said it before. Absolutely. So, you know, maybe we can talk. I mean, I, I, I don't want to digress and get too much into the psychology behind the people who would be responsible for you having to come up with such a proactive uh, service. But when we look at um, how many people in the criminal world and, and that duplicating and how many people are getting attacked uh, through their cyber, you know, their devices and whatnot, um, you know, why – why is this multiplying? Why is this, you know, what is the attraction? Uh, I, I'm just trying to understand, you know, why are people trying to prey upon people and, and find loopholes of where people are vulnerable? Like, at the end of the day, like, is it, is it just these people are looking to get money primarily? Um, what is it that they're doing with the medical information? Okay, like, great, great question. So it's all about data. It's all about data and the value that that data has. So data is a commodity, and it's a it's a market that's measured in the trillions of dollars. Um, obviously, law-abiding merchants and public health officials use data for the right reasons, but unfortunately, yes, even criminals do as well. And what has happened in the recent years is that uh, organized gangs of international criminals have moved eagerly into cybercrime because it has it actually can make them more money than the illegal drug trade. And mm-hmm. even back in 2010, uh, at least in the U.S., over 900 million sensitive data records had been stolen from Americans. Uh, so they're all after data. There, there's a black market that they sell this information out on. Uh, what used to be more valuable was credit cards and things like that, although it's still valuable. The shift has gone, quite frankly, a lot to medical records. Wow. And so 
what are you forecasting if people don't take what you're doing seriously and they don't see that there is an ongoing immediate threat of being compromised at any given time. I mean, it's one thing if you, as, uh, you know, somebody in your own household, you make the decision, not a wise one, but if you make the decision to turn a blind eye and just say, okay, well, I'll deal with the consequences if, in fact, this even strikes me personally. But, I mean, people at corporation level, people in the banking industry, people in the insurance industry, people at the hospitals, you know, they can't afford to play that Russian roulette game. So if we already know that this is continuously happening, I mean, we see it on W5. We see it on the news. We see it, you know, all over social media. Uh, this, we see it on CNN. It, it's, you know, so why are people so hesitant to get on board with being proactive? Why are people waiting to see if it tempt fate and see if this is actually going to happen to them when they, they are responsible for thousands, if not millions of people's information? It, it again it just comes down to awareness um, from the consumer standpoint. It's consumer awareness, and the commercial enterprises are being forced at this point to start reevaluating uh, what the impact is of of a data breach, and they need to protect their what are called digital assets against unauthorized access. Mm-hmm. I mean, the average cost to a, of a data breach to a company right now um, is estimated to be over five million dollars, but the oh. real cost is likely far greater than that when you've taken into account uh, potential shareholder risk, mm-hmm. uh, the loss of company trade secrets, uh, the loss of customer data, reputational risk, uh, class action lawsuits, HIPAA fines, penalties, regulatory fines. Uh, it's just a matter of time before they all come on board. And, um, you know, in everywhere across the globe, they're really panicking at this point, trying to, to – initiate new levels of security, but it's just, there's so many companies out there, it's just time. So, so Will, are you taking your message to the stage? I mean, I know you do speaking and you get invited by companies to go and talk about this extensively, but, um, you know, what else is your approach? I mean, is there a book in the works to talk about this? Is, are there webinars? Like, how can people access you for this kind of information? Sure. So we, we do have uh, uh, webinars. We're actually – the consumer product is, is actually launching in July. Uh, uh, I can give you my contact info towards the end if you'd like. But, sure. you know, uh, a consumer can certainly come to our site. They can sign up to register for an upcoming webinar. Uh, it would be very similar to the one you saw where I'm actually going to demonstrate the effect of having this key logger malware on your device, and you'll be shocked. You will, you'll never do anything on your, you know, computer mobile device without having keystroke encryption ever again. Um, and from an enterprise standpoint, we're really – leveraging relationships that we have had currently with uh, insurance brokers, employee benefit firms. We're going out to uh, affinity groups and associations, and we're dealing with brokers who have access to the clientele with the commercial enterprise, small, medium-sized businesses that really can benefit from our solutions. Fantastic. And so as I often do, Will, I play devil's advocate and I try and get in the mind of what the listener might be wanting me to ask my guest. And so if, if, if this is striking a chord with me, then I know there's got to be other people listening who are thinking the same thing. So if we know that the good guys, you know, always have their work cut out for them to keep up with the momentum and the speed and the increase of the bad people who are, uh, you know, who are part of the equation of this problem. And we know that 
unfortunately, those numbers uh, supersede the good guy numbers of trying to stay abreast of this and stay on top of this. So if somebody who's listening says, okay, well, does this just work for now? Like, can the criminal get so advanced in their uh, methodology or their applications of being able to hack and being able to corrupt people's systems that it's only a matter of time before they'll be able to do the same to your service, your software? Well, I would be a fool if I said that it would be impossible to to uh, estimate or guess that. So at the moment, with current technology the way it is, uh, we are very confident that the software that's been developed can counteract what a cyber criminal or a hacker is using. So I can t- share that because of the features that have been built into the technology. Uh, your Your question actually goes down to, well, if, if there are software programs that are have malicious intent and they're being put on a, a computer, well, if our software being for the keystroke encryption is located all the way down at the what's called the kernel level of the computer at the lowest possible level, um, th- we have built in there what's called a self-monitoring capabilities. It has what's called anti-subversion technology so mm-hmm. that it prevents uh, a an third-party outside software from bypassing our software. So if, if for some reason uh, it tries to take ours out, our, our software will automatically reinstall itself back into the first position. So wow. um, it's, it's very smart like that. Uh, we've worked with uh, Intel uh, on working at the, their chip level to help uh, secure that. Uh, we have anti, what's called anti-screen scraping technology, we have another thing called anti-click jacking. And let's just say, to your point, Lisa, that uh, we we got breached, and there was at, all the way down to what's called the kernel level. It detected the presence of an unsigned software from a hacker, uh, mm-hmm. or if a driver had been altered since it was last released. If if our technology just cannot get back into that first position, it is designed to put up a warning. Uh, it'll turn. There'll be a feature that'll turn yellow, indicating a warning, and that it'll tell you, you know what? Shut your computer down. Do not do anything else right now. Go seek uh, IT support or a computer expert because your computer's been compromised. So we don't we don't um, assume that this could never be breached. We assume that it will, and that's why we built the feature in there. But uh, based on what is available currently, it is by far the best uh, security and protection that a consumer can possibly have. Well, I'd have to attest to that because, you know, for some of the behind-the-scenes issues that I've had and for what I've heard from other people who have also been impacted, um, you know, I've not seen anything like this. And, in fact, the one thing I want to ask you, too, is, you know, are there any YouTube tutorials? Have you done anything in the way of that, getting it out to the general public? Because a lot of the demographic are on YouTube and there's a lot of, you know, people out there. Or is that something that lends itself to being too accessible to the wrong people? And for that reason, there are are no YouTube tutorials? Like, how does that work? At the moment, we haven't uh, done any YouTube tutorials, uh, but what we will certainly do is have, after we've done a webinar, uh, it will be posted on our website once someone uh, logs in to, you know, request a demonstration. It'll be what's called an evergreen webinar, so they can watch it 24-7. So we feel that that's the most appropriate way to get our message out. Uh, YouTube videos are, are fine or tutorials are fine, but I don't think, you know, it's that necessary. Well, we can certainly have it posted up on YouTube, 
the same web demo, but that's that's it for now. Unless you tell me, suggest otherwise. And so if there's anybody who's listening who would be interested in knowing uh, price range for fee of service, I mean, is that something that you deal with on a, a, a consult basis? Is that something that is outlined somewhere based on, you know, how much of what you have to provide? Because, you know, maybe it, vary, it's, it, it varies based on um, – you know, how many devices there are or how big the corporation versus the personal consumer. You know, how does that end of it work? Sure. So I'll, I'll answer the, the first part of it uh, in a two-part answer. So the first part being you just asked about enterprise and commercial and small, medium-sized businesses. So that technology is available right now. Uh, the cost is determined uh, based on three factors. It's the number of employees or the number of users of that company. It's the method of authentication. So there are 16 methods that a company can use or choose to authenticate that the user accessing their server or company remotely is, in fact, who they say they are. And so that between our IT team and the IT team of the corporation, they'll choose which is the most appropriate method for them on that authentication. For example, it could be that when you type in your username and password, uh, one method could be that you're getting a text sent to your phone and you've got to input that one-time password in in order to gain access to your accounts. That's a very simple explanation. The third thing is, is the information going to be stored locally on that company's servers behind their firewall or is it going to be on our cloud servers or Quite frankly, could it, be, it could very well be a hybrid of those two. So enterprise and small, medium-sized businesses, that's how the price is determined. Uh, unfortunately, impossible for us to know that you know, for our call today. Absolutely. On the consumer side, though, there's really two things there as well. If I'm just an individual consumer and I want to uh, purchase the, the proactive preventative solution, uh, which we've integrated with the traditional identity theft. And I, I, it's not something I actually mentioned, I think, earlier in the call, but we actually worked with uh, – there are actually two manufacturers primarily that manufacture the traditional identity theft and fraud solutions for just about 90% of the marketplace. And the interesting thing is they're all resellers. Most of them are resellers of these two wholesale manufacturers. So we secured distribution from one of the premier uh, identity theft fraud companies, and we re-engineered that with the keystroke encryption, and I don't think we really touched upon that. But the individual consumer, um, they, they'll be able to go to our website when the consumer product launches in July, and they'll be able to purchase uh, one of four bundles. Uh, it's a monthly subscription model uh where you'd have kind of a good, better, best program with, uh, you know, a specific number of uh, benefits and obviously the, the uh, standard enhanced premier. And then we also have a family plan for a husband and wife or domestic partners. Uh, and it has a whole laundry list of services and benefits inclusive of that. And more, most important, in each of those bundles, we've included a specific number of what are called device keys. So the keystroke encryption would be installed on each device, your iPhone or your desktop, and you can choose how many device keys you want. Um, there's a certain number included in each um, plan, but you can purchase additional as needed. I think I have six devices myself, <laughs> personally. <laughs> so um, I would I would need six myself. So wow. our, 
on the full, the straight retail without any discounts, uh, and I'll clarify that, would be $9.95 a month, $19.95 a month, $29.95 a month, or the family plan is $44.95 per month. Now, to give you a comparison, LifeLock charges for a husband and wife separately. It would be $59.90 for a husband and wife. We're at $44.95. Wow. So we're, we're providing a far superior product at a very, very cost-effective price. Um, now, if I'm an employee of a company and I want this benefit to be included in our employee benefits or offered as a voluntary or ancillary benefit uh, to choose, you know, to select, then quite frankly, I would encourage your um, your benefits department or your HR to inquire with us about, about possibly offering it as an employee benefit. And for that, we would obviously offer a significantly discounted uh, price to be offered to the employees of that company or, quite frankly, to that uh, affinity group, that bank or that union or that uh, association. So uh, we have the ability to offer it on a much more discounted plan. And interestingly enough, it could also be um, you know, a situation where the company or the, could resell it themselves. Interesting. Fantastic. Well, as, as we're approaching the bottom of the hour, these interviews always go, you know, much more quickly than what I would like. And, um, I just want to say that I really appreciate, uh, your imparted wisdom and enlightening us because some of those stats that you provided were quite horrific. And I don't think we can afford when we're talking about, you know, being committed to being consciously aware and empowering ourselves and knowing what we don't know, but knowing enough from what we've heard out there on a continual basis we can't afford to turn a blind eye and you know thinking that utilizing band-aid effects is the answer we all know that that's not the case and it doesn't matter what subject what issue what product what service you're talking about you know you're going to pay more in the long run and you're going to get less back and if nothing else you're going to be paying for the peace of mind because from what I've seen and what I know out there and from the screen share that we did in the demonstration, I've not seen anything like this. Um, far superior, uh, really hits what you've targeted and wanting to do and endeavoring to do this, which is to be proactive uh, and not to be the Band-Aid effect. So I just want to say congratulations to you on a job well done, uh, staying, staying ahead of the curve. You're a very, very brilliant man, very ingenious, and I want to thank you for educating myself and the listeners on this. I'd like to give you the opportunity before we part ways here, Will, where can people reach you for either further information, for speaking engagements, uh, for product itself, um, anything that you have to offer? It would absolutely be through directly through our website. Uh, as we mentioned, the, uh, the site will be launching uh, July 1st. So the website is www.securecyberid.com. Amazing. And do you have any last-minute uh, tips, suggestions, imparting words, wisdom that you would like to offer the listeners if for, like, a recap of if, if they can get one thing out of this program, what they need to know? It, it would absolutely be that you have to realize that as consumers, we have this false sense of security and thinking that we're protected. But in reality, the antivirus companies, the traditional identity theft and fraud companies, they cannot stop a cyber criminal from hacking your personal, confidential, medical, and financial information. And don't walk away from this and just say, oh, I'll get to it next week. Take action now. Mm-hmm. Give us a shout on our website. Connect with us. Watch a webinar and, and go ahead and get the, your family protected. Fantastic. 
And what I've gotten, my, my breakthrough takeaway from this conversation that we've had, which I'm very grateful to you for, Will, is, you know, don't settle for what's out there. If you know that there's mediocrity out there or there's less, is it substandard type of service? You know, again, people don't know what they don't know. But in light of this conversation and some of the things brought to the surface that we, as the listeners and myself, as the host here, may not have been completely aware of, now you know more. You know, when we know more, we do better. So, you know, for anything that you're looking to um subscribe to, you know, whether it be service, whether it be releasing your information, whether it be going to the hospital on an as-needed basis, whether it be entertaining which insurance company to go with, which bank to open up an account at, you know, I would be, you know, before we talk about the benefits and why it's better to go with one bank versus another bank, my first question now out of the gate will be, you know, what what can you guarantee and what assurances can you offer me in the way of protecting my privileged confidential information? How faulty is your current service provider? Uh, you know, what can you offer me? Because that's more important to me than saving a few bucks per month. Truly, it is, particularly if it's my children's information that's falling into these hands. So I just want to say once again, I really appreciate the gift of your time, Will. I know that you're super busy. You're doing amazing things. And, uh, and you know, I look forward to the possibility of even having you back uh, on the program to provide us with an update and what else might be beneficial for everybody to know as a consumer and as a corporation, as a business, small, medium, large, startup, whatever the case may be. So thank you so much, Will. I've learned a lot from you today. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I look forward to the opportunity again. Thanks. Fantastic. To my listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your schedule to join myself and my guests here today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Again, listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I also would like to thank you for being one of over a quarter of a million podcast subscribers to Living Fearlessly. You can find it on various platforms, not just iTunes. And uh, I want to wish everybody a safe weekend. All my best, love and gratitude. We'll be back here again, same time, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Contact Talk Radio Network next Friday. Love and gratitude. Take care. All my best. Thanks, Will. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.